0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Act with Alina podcast. Um, I am with my dear friend Amber today. We uh, know each other from high school. Uh, I don't even know. Middle school, maybe? I don't know. Actually, sixth grade. Okay, sixth grade that's a throwback. Um, So I wanted to have Amber on. um, She is a co-host to her own podcast uh, called Liberated Ladies. She is a pet mom of seven pets, seven pets, which is insane. Yes. Four dogs, four dogs, not even like four cats, which are kind of easier, four dogs and three cats. Um, she's the operations manager at a tech company, and she has a bachelor's in business administration with a minor in psychology. So what I want to talk about today is, you know, your experience going through a divorce. Um, at what age were you when you got divorced? I was 24. 24. Okay. What did, so what? when did you get married to that? We got person? married... Um,
1: when we were 20, in June of 2014, and our divorce was finalized in August, no, July of 2018, so okay. we, were, yep. we were officially married for a little over four years, but we were together for three prior to that.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. Well, um, I know that I feel like as someone who has been through what you've been through, you know i really find your viewpoint valuable because i think that you know going through the you know all of the emotional roller coaster i'm sure that is mm-hmm. going through you know getting married getting divorced um and then getting remarried and finding love again you know that's a lot to have been through already in this life and i really wanted to talk to you about kind of your experience with that yeah. um So how did you feel in your first relationship? So this is,
1: this is a complicated question. Um, In the beginning, obviously things were okay. Like looking back, I thought they were great at the time, but now I would just rank them as okay. Um, You know, I was very deeply in love with my first husband and we were high school sweethearts and so I felt like you know this was it for me like I felt like he was the person that I was supposed to be with at that time in my life and then as time went on you know the feelings changed the that love that seemed unbreakable at at time was very quickly deteriorating and there was a lot of other more negative emotions like fear and sadness and not feeling like I was enough and feeling like I was the problem um just a lot of emotional like I was very emotionally drained a lot of the time by -hmm. the end um I felt defeated, you know, because no one goes into a marriage thinking like, this is going to dissolve at, ever, you know, like that's the goal. Yeah. Um, so watching it kind of just deteriorate before your eyes and doing everything you can to save it and knowing that you like, it's not savable. It's really like, you feel like a failure. At least I did. Um I really felt like I was the only person in that marriage at the end. Adam had already Mm -hmm. kind of moved on. Um, And I was just grasping at anything, you know, because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to get a divorce. Like, I didn't want to be a young divorcee. Like, I didn't want to be like, oh, hi, I'm Amber, I'm divorced, you know? Like, it seemed like such a, it seemed like a life failure, you know, like something Mm. that, because my parents are together. My parents have been together for over 30 years. They, you know, there's been rough times in their marriage and they've always worked it out. And I never thought that my marriage would be any different than that. So I felt like I was, go ahead.
0: Go
1: ahead. I felt (laughs) like I was, uh, letting people down, you know, like my parents and like Adam's family, I felt like I was letting them down. And now like, I realized that that's one, not my responsibility, but also like they, they let me, his family let me down and he let me down. So it doesn't like, it, it wasn't really important if someone
0: else was disappointed by my decision. Um. right yeah right yeah did you throughout that process how did you know when it was more than just maybe a rough patch because I know so many people have those peaks and valleys within their relationships and you know some people go through it for a long time and then they come out of it better than ever how did you know that it was more than just a valley for your relationship. Sure.
1: Um I knew that it was like something that was unresolvable because it had there was no more peaks. You know, like the mm. like at the beginning we would have an argument, things would be rough for a little while and then, you know, we would reconcile and we would be happy again and um it would be good and then you know and then it it'd do that up and down thing like it's it's a pretty normal pattern in a healthy relationship like you have a disagreement um you reconcile and then you're good and you should be you should be good like things should be good between you and your partner more of the time than they're rough right so mm-hmm. when it was getting to the point where I just was never happy with him at all like I really emotionally was checked out like I did not want anything to do with him and like even in a calm state like not during an argument not during some sort of like emotional situation I was thinking about like this I don't want to be with him anymore like I don't think Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be together anymore so Mm -hmm. I knew it was wasn't like emotional, like an irrational or, you know, just think, just these thoughts that you have, like when you're mad or upset. Um, I knew that it was like a rational thought that I was having and I was having it more and more frequently, um, towards the end.
0: How long do you think you felt like that for?
1: Oh, two years. Um, I can tell you the exact moment that, I really started contemplating leaving Adam. Um, mm-hmm. It was, so in 2016, um, early 2016, I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And um, he was not supportive, not, the, he did not act the way a spouse should act for, like, he lost a baby too. He didn't care um, he told me to get over it, you know, he told me, like, there's nothing to be sad about, and then, like, a couple months after that, he finally admitted to me that he had cheated on me in the past, um, mm-hmm. with a coworker. and so, like, I was already so upset with him by how he treated me during such a Hard time in my life. And then also, like, he just nonchalantly admitted, like, he had a long term affair with a coworker, like, it was no big deal. And, like, instead of feeling, like, insecure or even angry, I was just like, I don't even care that you had that affair. Like, I just want out. I just want out. Mm And Mm -hmm. I tried for two more years, and they were two really long, really, um, really tough years. My mental health was not good uh, during those times. And, but, you know, I didn't want to be the person that was like, well, I wanted to know that when I filed for divorce, that I had done everything I could. Right, Right. And. I don't know if that was necessarily for me or due to, you know, the stigma around it. And a lot of people will be like, well, divorce isn't an option, like divorce is not the answer. But for me, it was. And I knew at that point when I made that decision that that was the only option.
0: Right. How was the transition going from being in, you know, that that longer term relationship and the marriage to being single all of a sudden? What did that look like for you? It
1: was, um, well, it was really like in the course of a few hours that I was living, you know, went from living with my spouse, um, sharing a home with him to living in that same home. And he had, he was gone because I told him to leave. And, um, it was weird, you know, like the, I hadn't slept alone in, you know, years at that point. And it was, it was strange. It was strange because everything else was the same in the house. The furniture was all there. Um, you know, the, the kitchen and everything was set up exactly the same as it was, but him and his stuff just wasn't there anymore. So it was definitely like strange. It almost felt like I really contemplated moving because I just didn't feel like I wanted to live there anymore in a house that I had shared with him. But I ended up staying just because it was Like really cheap, and they allowed me to have all those pets, and I was renting. So,
0: okay, I was gonna, I was gonna ask if it was like a, but you know, you bought a house together, or if you were renting. That you know, the fact that you are renting is does make it a little bit easier. I would imagine. Absolutely,
1: it made it a lot easier, and um it just so happened that like pretty much everything was already separated, like financially. I remember we, you talking
0: about that in your in one of your episodes from liberated ladies too. Yeah, And like, that, I, that's like such a blessing. I can it imagine. Was. It
1: was. So really the only thing we had to do together was like split the cash or split the money in our shared bank account. And then I took him off the bank account and mm-hmm. he got his own, he like took his money and went and did whatever with it. Um, but everything else, like my car, all of our debt was separated. Like any credit card debt or like my car loan was separated. I was the only person on the lease for the house I was living in. Um, so, and I told him when he, like, I told him, take whatever you want. It didn't matter to me. And he didn't take a lot. And so that was that, you know, like it was not... Like, this really, I know a lot of divorces, like, splitting of the stuff and the money and all of that stuff, that's, like, really messy and difficult. But for me, I'm very lucky that it was fairly straightforward and um, it didn't get drug out or anything like that.
0: That's so nice. Yeah. I I mean... There, You hear so many horror stories. I mean, even listening to that same episode, I can't remember what it was called, but um, maybe one year later something like that. And it's okay. talking about um, you and your co-host Tina and, you know, her experience with her divorce is so, uh, that's, that was a, it's heavy. You know, she had a much different experience Absolutely. of having to literally just like get away from yeah. her situation Fleed and to a and
1: completely it, different state.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, where, whereas I feel, you know, I'm grateful for you that it was so straightforward and so easy Yeah, in that way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm grateful too. Um, I think that day that I told him like, you, you need to be gone by the time I get back. Like he knew I was serious. He knew that I was done. Um, it had all been you know our whole relationship really had been coming to this point like it was just a matter of time before we were going to get a divorce and I knew that he wouldn't be the one to initiate that because the the relationship the marriage was still benefiting him you know Mm. um he was he had no responsibilities like he went to work yes but at home he literally would just play his video games from the time he got home until late into the night and i would cook i would clean i would take care of all the pets um i was doing everything and it was like it was really it was good for him you know because he didn't have to do anything and that's exactly how he wanted it and So he was never going to leave or like initiate the breakup
0: because why would he,
1: you know, like
0: there was no reason for him to, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was kind of set up over there. You know, you did every, you know, it sounds like from what you're saying, you did most of the chores around the house, you took care of the pets, you know, the, the responsibility uh, seems like it fell mostly on you. It did. Um, Yeah. And you know, when you are going through that difficult time, who were your key supporters that were able to to really help you and hold space for you? So, hands down, Katie was
1: my biggest supporter. Mm. Um, the day that I, the day it was the either the day or the day after, I had told Adam to leave. Um, you know, I reached out to Katie and let her know like that it's happening. Like, I mm-hmm. I kicked him out, we're separated, we're getting a divorce, and she came over and we talked for, you know, like, four hours, and, like, very soon, like, at the time, um, she was not in a great marriage either, and I think knowing that, like, I made the leap and that she wouldn't be alone if she made that same decision, um, really kind of encouraged her to do so. Um, so like a couple weeks later she ended up leaving her ex-husband as well. Um, and so we went through the whole thing together. We we got the paperwork together, we filed it together. Um, you we went back to the court date together. She ended up moving in with me in June of 2018. I had a spare room. She needed a place to go. It worked out, and then like our lives really just intermeshed, and we were really that support, like that key support person for each other, and it worked out because there's so many emotions that you go through, and really when you go through a divorce, you're you're in grief, um, and because you're grieving the death of that love that you shared with that person.
0: For sure. Absolutely. And also
1: the person that you thought that they were. Mm. It has died to you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very it's very similar to grieving the loss of a loved one. And um, so, you know, during grief, there's good days and there's bad days. And we were very lucky that my bad days were her good days and her good days were my bad days. So like, or vice versa, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, So like, if I was having a really low, really hard day, she was there for me. And same, if she was having a really low, really hard day, I was there for her and we just helped each other survive it. And Mm. like, I will never be able to repay what she did for me because I don't know really how well I would have come out the other side if I did not have
0: that friendship during that process. You know, it really is true that like misery loves company. Yeah. And so uh and I say that in a way of it just helps when you're in those super low spaces to have someone else that is also in a low space. So you can be there for each other. Yeah. And you can support each other and just be Put everything on the table and say, "This is where I'm at today," and that person can be like, "Great, me too. Let's just yep. let's just be in each other's company because sometimes that's the best thing you can do, and sometimes it's the only thing you can do when you're exactly. in a really tough space." So I'm exactly. so glad that you guys had each other, and honestly, that it really is a blessing. I do not think a lot. I don't think a lot of people can say that they had someone else going through that's the same situation. Um, alongside At the same them. time. Yeah. yeah. And live together. I mean, that is, that is such a, uh, it sounds like it, it's, was such a blessing to you guys. Yeah, it was. And
1: like, it was, because, because like you said earlier, you know, like we, we were 24. We don't know a whole, we didn't, I didn't know anyone in our age group that had gotten divorced at that time. Right. Right. And so to know, like, that I wasn't alone and that Katie was, was going through the same thing and that we would be okay because we had each other mm-hmm. was just the most comforting thing.
0: Right. Um, Who else was there for you during that, during that time that really helped lift you up and support you? My family. Um, I'm very close with my parents
1: now, Um, I actually became close with them during this whole divorce and everything. And we've remained close. You know, they would have me over for dinner. We would play trivia together. And they were actually like the whole, they gave me the strength to go through with the divorce and not go back to Adam. Because I think that's where a lot of people get trapped, you know, is in between like the initial like separation and actually following through with the whole divorce because it's hard. And because you, you miss having that person or a person to share your life with. And, you know, you question yourself and you second guess yourself and it's, it would have been so easy for me to just like call up Adam and be like I'm like let's make this work and even though I knew it was not going to work like it was impossible to make it work but once my parents knew everything they knew all of the lying the gaslighting the cheating etc um there was no going back you know like I knew that my parents would never again like accept him and that's what I needed for from them I needed them to hold me accountable to the decision that I had made because it was the right decision and Mm -hmm. it needed to be done um so that they did that for me and they never you know questioned my decision they never judged me they always told me that I was you know that they knew I'd be okay, that they were here for me no matter what I needed. And um, it was, I'm very appreciative of it. You know, they never were like, oh, well, you took vows, and they weren't disappointed in me like my, like I was scared of or anything like that. They were just open and welcoming and just loving throughout the whole thing. And the same thing for my sister, you know, we're very close and we spent a lot of time together um, post-separation during the divorce. And then of course, you know, we, we would still be spending time together, but she moved to Vancouver. So. No, it's kind um, of
0: difficult. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, but just having that, just having my family support and knowing that like they trusted me to make the best decision for myself and that they supported that decision was really priceless. It really was. And then of course, Turtle always, she's been my, you know, biggest cheerleader since
0: middle school. Um, Right. And Turtle is um, in reference to our friend, Ashley,
1: who yes. We've both known
0: for a very long time and they call yes. each other Turtle. So, yes. Um, and that nickname has been with you since I think like a long, like middle school, early high school. I think it was freshman that's, year. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have, you guys have called each other that for a long time.
1: Yes. Yes, we have. And now her son calls me Auntie Turtle.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> cute. Oh, that's so cute. Yes wouldn't Um, have it any other
1: way no it's perfect it's exactly just warms my soul um but of course her friendship she really like her and i i don't know if i would have had the strength to even tell adam to like get out had i not had that friendship because i knew that if i was like look this is where i'm at like this is what's happening she'd be like what can i do like I'm here for you, no matter what you need, no matter what you decide, I'm here for you. I love you. And that friendship has always, always, you know, helped me in time, in low times in my life.
0: Yeah, for sure. What were things that in particular that people were said to you that were, that really were exactly what you needed to hear?
1: Um, I, so it, it, it kind of depended on how close they were to me, you know. So mm-hmm. like close family, close friends, like I wanted them to be honest with me. Um and like if they because when you're going through something like that, um I made some questionable decisions afterwards. Uh you start you just become, well for me at least and and Katie as well, uh We just became, like, more, like, willing to take risks and maybe, like, less concerned about making strong and, like, good decisions for our future. (laughs) So, like, it was important for me that my, like, friends and family were, like, straightforward and be like, you know, knock it off, you're getting out of hand, whatever. Um, And also, like, just checking in. Just genuine checking in. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, something extravagant. It can be as simple as like, hey, I was thinking about you today. Like, how are you today? How are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? Um, Mm -hmm. trying to make plans and just let them know that you're there, you know, like, hey, I was thinking we could get together on Friday or like, um, if, if you are worried about someone, you know, like just gently be like, I think I like would like to talk to you and and just none of the judgment, you know. And I was very lucky that none of my close people, like friends and family or even my coworkers um made any kind of judgy comment that I received from people who like don't know me or don't know anything about the situation.
0: Right, right. Um
1: but for people that I didn't really know, like, um, you know, I was in the military at the time. World, word travels very fast around the base when things are happening. So I would have people come up to me, um, like, at the gym or something. People that I, like, knew their name. I knew who they were, but, like, I'd never had a conversation with them. And asking me, like, what happened? Like, did you even try to work on your marriage or like, well, my husband and I have been married for like 12 years and we've had several rough patches and, but we always work it out and stay together. And I'm like, that's great for you. That was not an option for me.
0: Right. Well, that's a damn good answer in my opinion. Like like, like you were just straight up. I, I think that's exactly what those people probably needed to hear. Like, Hey, that's great. But that just wasn't for me. And I can understand the curiosity one because even Absolutely. for me, you know, I, I and I, I wouldn't just if I didn't know someone, I wouldn't start off. Oh, what happened to your divorce? Why'd you get divorced? Exactly. Right? I mean, that's yeah. like that's just you know, that's there's so much more to a person than them going through a divorce. So, like, how are they feeling in general? What are you know, what are they really invested in right now? What are they doing for fun these days? Yes, you know, what there's so many other aspects to a human being that you know, even if you are curious, trust that, you know, it, that, that it is just not the right thing to go up to someone and flat out ask them yes. when you, when you're not close to them, when you don't, you know, yeah, know their situation um, and how they even, let alone how they receive information. I can imagine that was just so like,
1: I was just like, first of all, here I am on the treadmill dying. Why are you bothering <laughs> me right now? Why are you, like, I didn't even mm-hmm. make eye contact with you. Like, what prompted this? I don't understand. Um, but, yeah, just comments like that, comments like, oh, well, divorce isn't an option for me. Okay, well, I'm sorry to hear that because that's, divorce is there for situations when the marriage should no longer continue. You know, right. like, that's that's why it's there, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting a divorce and there's nothing wrong with like not even trying to save your marriage like that is your business and while I you know believe that I did everything I could to you know avoid getting a divorce and tried to save my relationship with my ex-husband and all of that he didn't want to and he wasn't putting in the same effort so ultimately it was just not not going to work I couldn't be the only person trying to work out the marriage right, and right <clears throat> you know a lot of people that go through something even even like cheating you know like a lot of people a lot of relationships can recover from that but it takes so much work and so much effort
0: from both people Right. I think that's the key, right. From both people. Yes. Um, and it's, and it sounds to me like it was, you know, not only said to you in a completely insensitive way, um, let alone just like it happening in the first place. And you guys, you know, without having that prior conversation of, Hey, this is something I would like to explore. You know, that's a whole different topic, right? Sure. Him having this, you know, affair and not telling you, Um, let alone, you know, him telling you in an insensitive way. And then, you know, from what it sounds like, him not doing anything to help recover the situation afterwards. No. and That that must have felt so lonely.
1: It did because at that time, you know, I wasn't ready to let people in on, like, how crappy things were. You know, like, it's shameful. You feel shameful when – your marriage is not perfect or not healthy and I knew both of those things like I knew that it wasn't good but I wasn't ready for people to know that as well um so I just kept it to myself like I eventually told Ashley that he had cheated on me I think it was a year or more after like he told me and I only told her because we were drunk and mm-hmm. it just kind of like came mm-hmm. out and um, lo- I mean, luckily she was like very, she was great about it. She did, you know, exactly what a best friend should do when they find out that their, their best friend was cheated on by their husband. Um, but she was the only one who knew. And like, he, he did not like just like make a mistake, make a bad decision. Um, and have, you know, a one-night stand or, like, slip up or whatever. Nobody's perfect. I understand that happens. But he had an ongoing relationship with this woman from his work and ended up getting an STD from her. Oh, my God. And, you know, then I had to get tested. Right. Because he had an STD. And so I had to go in and like, how humiliating, how humiliating for some, like I was being monogamous. I was being faithful to him. I wasn't sleeping around or doing anything, any kind of, you know, how they, the doctors call it like risky behavior or like risk-taking behavior for STDs specifically. There was absolutely no reason that I would need to go in and get tested for an STD. But yet I did because- my husband decided that he wanted
0: to have sex with somebody else um and and I think the key thing about that is that there was no communication and no none. Com- you know mutual commitment that that was or mutual understanding and agreement that, yeah. that, that was something that you both were okay with
1: um yeah, that exactly. that
0: you know that that's just it's that is a direct action that can cause mistrust. Oh, and, absolutely. You know, I feel like I don't I don't know why I am this way, but I really struggle to trust people, especially people who I could potentially date or yeah. um or have dated in the past. I really struggle to trust people. Um and it's that kind of thing. I mean, obviously is like a huge breaking of trust. Yeah. And so not only are you now having to go get tested for an STD, but you're, you're also dealing with the loss of that trust. And that's yep. a huge, um, that right there is grief within itself. Absolutely.
1: It was. And, um, like the lengths he went to keep that affair secret were insane. Like he would tell me, I'm going to go run to the store to get milk and he would go to her house have sex with her and then bring the milk back from her house
0: what the fuck is oh, that I'm not so like sorry
1: that's oh, crazy that's... that's excessive that is like just manipulation at its finest you know no, and
0: that's so sad so and like i said
1: i mean it's it is what it is now but um like he would they work together so like on their lunch like they would go and have sex in his car and like Ugh. he did not care you know like he didn't care he didn't have any kind of like remorse about it he didn't think that he was doing anything wrong and that was really an overarching theme of our marriage was that he did not believe that rules or laws even applied to him. And so why would that, like, commitment to me, of course that doesn't apply to him in his head, you know, because Mm. that's, like, that's just a moral thing at that point. Um,
0: That's so frustrating.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, it was really hard, because I had been cheated on before, but um, this one really felt like, it just hit me really deep. And... I really felt like maybe I had somehow done something or not done something that contributed to this decision that he made.
0: And, you and that's know. that's so unfortunate that it had to land on you. Yeah. How that, how his, um, his decisions to break the commitment he made to you and break that mutual understanding and respect um, then ended up making you feel that way. Yeah, And that is the most devastating part to me, too, is that as a result, you were, you felt shame, you felt like it was your fault, you had this weight to carry now. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely, that to me, that's just like heartbreaking and so unfair. Yeah. And
1: he loved it. He loved (laughs) that I was feeling all of those things. He loved that I... Like, he he loved all of it, you know, because when it was happening, when he was cheating on me, he didn't tell me for two years that this was happening, that this had happened. Um, and really, I don't know how long it actually went on for. I don't know um, if it was still happening. I have no idea. But um, he didn't tell me for two years after He got chlamydia. So, when he initially got chlamydia, his explanation was that he got it from a toilet seat. Oh my God. Because that's how that works. (laughs) And at that point, like we were six months before our wedding, things were paid for. Like, my parents had invested money in this. And, like, I just. Allowed myself to believe the blatant lie he was telling me because it seemed I felt like I couldn't not go through with the wedding. Which, right at
0: that point, it's like you're so far into it. Oh, that's just devastating, Amber. Yeah. And so, I mean, this I'll speak probably for a lot of people who are listening. This guy sounds like a real jackass. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it.
1: That's a nice way to put it. And I hope, I
0: mean, and I just hope, you know, no ill will wishes, but I just like hope that he's able to evolve and grow from that situation. Cause it sounds like he also sounds like he was also really in a bad place and had a lot of work to do on him himself. Yeah.
1: And, and I agree with that. Like, I know that he has like childhood trauma and, you know, some mental health things that he needs to work through, but, um, like he's also a narcissist and like that's just a fact he does not a normal human being like you look at people that you care about and you're like i don't want to do anything intentional to make your life harder like that's and it's un unco- it's subconscious no one like like things like wow what can I do that's going to really hurt this person or really like how can I get away with lying to this person and as a narcissist that's how his thoughts pr- process like that's that's his way of like getting through the world is how can I manipulate mm-hmm. and take advantage of these people around me to benefit me the most and, and
0: that's 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 so frustrating and and just a reflection on him and not on yeah, you you know absolutely and I, I I do I want to I want to shift gears because I want to talk about how you then found love after all of this heartbreak um, yeah. so um, can you tell me a little bit about how you and Josh met your new husband hubby husband yes.
1: Um, Josh and I met on Tinder, actually.
0: Uh, Oh! (laughs) Um, (laughs) I actually,
1: uh, just recorded an episode about this that will be coming out in a couple of weeks, but, um, I'll give you the, the Reader's Digest version. Um, we, (laughs) we met on Tinder and he was living in Coeur d'Alene at the time. Um, so about like 45 minutes away and we met up for Indian food and um, then we like went to Tubbs Hill and like hiked and like went down to the water and stuff and the connection was just instant and I know this is such a cliche th- thing to say where people are like when you know you know I don't know how else to describe it that's exactly how it was with Josh like we just clicked and it felt like I had known him forever and it felt like Like that night I met the night I met him, I deleted Tinder. I deleted all the apps. Like, I was just like, I won't be needing these anymore. I just knew in my heart, like, there's something here that's real. And I think what really allowed me to like recognize that was all of like, go obviously going through a divorce and like your, your first marriage or your second or whatever, you learn a lot about what you don't want in a partner. You learn a lot about like, I will not tolerate this again. I tolerated this before. I'm not doing it again. This is an absolute deal breaker for me. And so when you're seeking a new new partner, you know, you have these lists of things like, you know, if he, if he does this, then that's, that's not good. And all of these this huge long list of red flags and deal breakers that I had in my head, Josh didn't show any of them, which is crazy because there's so many, <laughs> like there's, I'm, I was very picky by the point that I met Josh. Um, I had done the dating thing for like a year and a half at that point, And I was just really burnt out on it. Um, mm-hmm. I was right. sick of wasting my time on, guys that it can
0: really feel like that
1: yeah it does yeah I was just drained and I was just like I'm like I don't want to waste my time on somebody that's either a like we're just not compatible which is fine like that's like you're not compatible with everyone in the on the earth or dating would not be a thing you know you could just walk outside and find a partner if you were compatible with everybody um it's so like either that or like they're just a dick which you know as a 25 year old woman dating 25 year old men a lot of men in that age range are jerks like they just are and um I was just sick of it you know I was just sick of like So, this was, like, kind of my last-ditch effort. Um, I had taken a break from dating for, like, you know, the app portion of it for, like, a month or so. And I just re-downloaded it that night, and Josh was, like, my first match, and then we just talked. We just messaged. He didn't do any of that weird stuff that guys do on dating apps, you know, like, want to see my dick or... You want to come over? <laughs> I know We don't know each other, but do you want to come right. to my home? No, I do not. Right, like, he didn't I do know. any of that weird yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah, and I mean, who thinks that? God, who thinks that's even gonna work? I've been there. I've had those messages, and I'm just like, okay,
1: yep, you're like, we're, we're done here, no match. Yep, bye. Yeah, wow. And like, the conversation was so genuine, and Josh has had, you know, a rough past, and he was upfront and honest with me from the get-go and i was so attracted to that because he was like this is who i am take it or leave it I, this is exactly what what you see is what you get and i was just like so taken by that because in in dating you know the the norm or the expectation is to present the very very best version of yourself to whoever you're seeing even if that version is not realistic or yeah, not who yeah. you really are and you know god forbid That's also you... what makes dating exhausting <laughs> exactly because you're like oh i thought you were great and it turns out you're not
0: and yeah. like not, the for things... not for you it's not a match shall we say like yeah <laughs> not a match for you at least or exactly. me exactly you know? yeah um
1: the th- and, you know, the things he told me, I very like he he took a risk and I was just delighted by that. Um, Josh, like the things he told me right away, um, I very easily could have been like unmatched like this is not for me. But he was so vulnerable. And that's another characteristic that is really hard to find in the male population. Um, just based on you know toxic masculinity and societal norms and all that crap that you know about um so the fact that he was so willing to share that with me and be like I hope you accept me but if you don't that's okay I was just like what an amazing person what a brave person and so genuine and um and so I wanted to meet him. So, you know, we met up and really, like, we met and the, the it was just there. It was just there. Um, we talked so naturally and so <clears throat> openly. The communication was just immediate. Like, there, were, there weren't any things that I was like, hmm, like, I feel like he's holding back or I... Feel like maybe he's not being honest with me, and I'm very hyper vigilant to any inconsistencies. And you know, when someone's telling me something, and there wasn't anything, you know, there wasn't any inconsistencies, and he was just so real and so raw, and I was like, well, this, like, this is what I'm going to pursue, and thankfully he felt the same way, you know? Um, right.
0: Well, it sounds like he was very different from what you had in your last relationship. Yes. and Which I'm assuming is part of the, um, you know, past relationships can really show you what you don't want. And, exactly. Um, you know, that is what you did not want. And so having Josh be so open, vulnerable and honest with you and kind of like, here I am. And you know, take it or leave it. And yeah. you know, I bet that was just such a breath of fresh air for you. It absolutely
1: was, and like that's very much how I am. You know, and I've that's I feel like true. Yeah. I feel like I've always been this way. Um, like I'm outspoken, and sometimes I'm annoying, and sometimes I'm, you know, blunt. And but this is what you see is what you get. You know, if if you something Amber says to you, you know, she's being honest with you.
0: Well, my mom sent me this post the other day that I hope I'm hoping I can um, pull up really quick because it kind of spoke to that same thought process that it's basically like if you of course, I can't find it right now. But anyways, (laughs) like if you are being told that you're too loud, like keep being assertive. You know, yeah. if you're told, basically, whoever you are, and if someone ever tells you you're too much, just continue to be who you are, because yeah, they're just while not for that you. person, right? Well, that person might think that you are too much, right? In per in quote marks, um, then someone else could really think that, hey, that person's very assertive, that person knows what they want. And that is really an admirable quality that not a lot of people Yeah,
1: yeah, and I mean, I think, like I, I like who I am. I've gotten to a point now that I, I love myself and I appreciate myself. And I've also, you know, evolved. I've improved my emotional intelligence, and you know, I'm always a work in progress. I'm going to therapy. I'm always trying to learn. I'm trying to be the best version of the person that I am and it's not for anybody else it's just for me and um like I felt like Josh was on that same journey and he totally is he's totally like yeah I've made like I've made poor decisions in the past and which we all have you know and I learned from them and I am moving forward and I like he's just (sighs) He's just so wonderful. Like,
0: <laughs> I love your You're literally like sighing, like, oh, I just
1: like, he him. really I is. Him. And, um, I and just, just, I just he, feel he, he, really lucky, you know?
0: Yeah. And he contributes to the pet, uh, the pet
1: posse. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, um, when we first started dating, you know, like, I, he he had to stay here with me because, obviously, I couldn't, like, leave my pets alone overnight. And How many did
0: you have when you first met?
1: I had six. Um, <laughs> okay, so. So, we've at- added one. I am um, I'm so impressed in that September. you had six animals. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Really, I mean, I really should have added the animals to, like, my support system <laughs> earlier because... That's exactly what they are. Like, they are all my emotional support pets and they, like, you know, when you're going through it and getting out of bed seems like an impossible task, knowing that you have pets that are relying on you to take care of them and, you know, survive, it it really helps with those dark days. Because you're like, I, I'm low and I'm feeling like, you know, I'm not doing well, but I can't punish my pets because I'm not doing well.
0: And they still need me. Right, exactly. You know, having the, not only the emotional support that they provide you just from like their presence, but also the fact that you have to get up and you have to take care of them is, you know, a, a huge part of, um, a huge, uh commitment that you not a huge commitment it is something that can get you out of bed and that yeah. motivation that you need exactly. in order yeah. to kind of get moving sometimes it really is the best thing you can do for yourself is to just literally get out of bed and yeah to, to do something whether it's as small as feeding your pets
1: yes you exactly know? like um, at least do that at least feed you that's the bare minimum when you have pets so I mean, they really right. saved me. They really kept me strong. And um, like you know, there were days where I was like, I I don't even want to go to work, but I knew like you have to have a job. You have to go to work to pay to support your pets. <laughs> yeah. So it's so true. It is. It really is. And um, so yes, they're they're a huge part of my support system as well. But um, when Josh first met them, like it was instant they all loved him okay well Um, that's
0: a deal break I mean that's 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 a winner right there if your pets if the pets love you then it's like okay that's it yeah we're together now
1: (laughs) no like our second date um he was like so I deleted tinder I'm like oh yeah me too it's gone and he's like so are we like we like had the exclusive talk like right away (laughs) He's oh like, so gosh. I'm like in, are you in? I'm like, I'm in, this is, I'm, let's do it, you know, and, and wow. it's just been like that wow. ever since, you know, and there's and so definitely. how
0: long, how long have you guys been together now?
1: Uh, a year and a half, a year and a half, mm. and, um, we eloped in November, so. I love this. Yes. It did, was, was just. Was it more of a
0: spur of the moment thing, or did, did totally you plan to elope? Totally a spur of the elope? moment.
1: Yeah, no, it was... To- well, we were engaged. Um, We got engaged in June. And, mm. like, you know, the stress of planning a wedding. I've already done it. And yeah. um, it wasn't very enjoyable. You know, it's really just not. And Josh is older. And he's, like, not super, super close with his family. And while we were, like, trying to make plans, things were, like, falling through. And I was just, like, I... I really can't take on this stress right now um, of like planning a wedding, but I want to get married to you. And so I was just like, should we just, should we just elope? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And it was literally like the next day we went to the courthouse or we went to, we went to Idaho, um, got our marriage certificate, went to the hitching post, and it was a done deal. I love this. It's oh. like, why complicate it? You know? It and you know, my family was like, Oh, we were looking forward to a wedding. And I'm like, okay, but first of all, I just saved us a bunch of money. I saved you guys a bunch of money. You're welcome. Yeah. I know. Uh, there are
0: some times where my dad's like, my my parents are uh are, you know, will be so loving and awesome no matter what. But my dad, he's like more of the uh money scrimper, right? He's like yeah. he's a saver, you know, doesn't want to spend too much. But he he's joking because um one of my friends had to decrease the invite count for her wedding last year because of COVID, right? Yeah. And it was all outside and really small wedding. Um and he's like Alina now is the perfect time to get married. I'm like okay sure. Now I just need to find a boyfriend. And then maybe we'll go from there. Yeah. and he was like and, and so I have this I have a screenshot literally he emailed me this is the best part he emailed, <laughs> me. He so emailed me I could so see your dad doing that and even put like and even put like a little image on there of um like I don't know of like a daddy daughter or whatever it was so funny and he's like oh now's the God. perfect time to get married and I'm like I just need a boyfriend. And that was my I was like yeah. I just need a boyfriend now. And he's and I responded with that. You're and like let's just, plan I'm, it. And yeah, I'll just I just the groom. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was too <laughs> classic. He's done a couple of things like that before and um you know, he's like, Alina, wouldn't a really nice honeymoon better be better than like a big wedding?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, absolutely." And yeah. I bet and a wedding would also be cool. I just, I'm like, I will decide eventually, the time comes, you know, yes. when I have a significant other that I feel is the right
1: fit. Yeah, absolutely. That. Absolutely. You know? And like, I, I still can't believe how quickly things moved with Josh and I, you know, like he was moving, he was living with me after like three months. Which well, is from just... the sounds of it, you
0: guys went exclusive after on date too. So, yeah, I mean, we did. You set um, the tone.
1: Yeah, and it's just like we just wanted to be together. And him living in Coeur d'Alene and we us both working full time, like it was hard to see each other on like a daily or most days basis. Um, so it just made sense. It just made sense for him to move in and. So that's that's what he did, and then I love that. It's just so, been wonderful ever since. You know, like we don't we don't scream at each other like my ex and I used to. We communicate. He's the best communicator I have ever known. And doesn't that make such a difference? Oh my god! Like he's. It's it was hard to adjust to at first, you know, because. Um, In my first marriage, like, I had to pry and prod and beg for any inch of communication to come my way. And now it's just, like, now I'm the one that's, like, not, like, I am the mentee and he is the mentor of the communication realm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, you know? Like, he is also older, so I feel like his life experience has um helped him to become more of a stable partner which is exactly mm-hmm. what I needed so mm-hmm. but yes right. there yeah. is totally love after divorce
0: oh I love that I was actually thinking um of making that the title of the episode oh really yeah I like that I think that's super cute Right. Cause I, cause then it just focuses, I mean, cause really like, yeah, we, you know, we focus on your divorce and what you went through, but just the, the hope that yeah. everything, you know, that there is love after divorce and that there, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that you can have more than one person that you're meant to be with at certain parts of your life. Yes. And, um, you know, that your first husband was, you know, it, he taught you a lot and I'm sure oh, you taught him a lot. Um, And now you are able to kind of glean the benefits of the growth that you went through because of that. And it sounds like it's just, it's right, you know, and it's, and it's, I'm so happy to hear you say that. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, um, I know we've got to wrap up the episodes. We're just over an hour, but if someone wanted to find you, how would they go about continuing to follow your journey?
1: Um, you, They can find our podcast on um, Facebook and Instagram at Liberated Ladies Podcast. We also have a website, liberatedladiespodcast.com. Um, and we're on all major podcast platforms. So um, we currently have 13 episodes. And we release one
0: every Wednesday. I love this such a and it's it's just a real raw, vulnerable podcast where you guys talk about your life experiences and what you've learned from them and I really appreciate that Well, thank you. I love your podcast too and thank you for having me as a guest of course of any time seriously. <laughs> Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation today as I'm sure you all did too. So like Amber said, make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram and listen to her podcast that she has with her friend Tina called Liberated Ladies. Don't forget to follow the Act with Alina podcast page on Facebook and Instagram as well. And subscribe uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.